Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the Miniatures Gaming Podcast. Yeah. So if you made a game, would you just make sure that like one faction had all the best stuff? Or would you, you know spread the best stuff out over a few factions? Well, um, for the games that we, we've made, I haven't really had a favorite, but yep. now I do. So maybe, maybe I will make that, that faction, will make the faction the strongest. Uh, as long as my favorite faction is the same favorite faction as yours, uh-huh. we can do it. Oh, that's, that's true. As long as, <laughs> as long as everyone who makes it is in agreement, you'll just. Yes, exactly. So, so, so for our game, Blood of Stars, for the skirmish game, Sci-Fi 1, let's yeah. name our favorite faction and the count of three, or ca- counting down, ready? Currently, right now. Three, two, one. Technocrats. Oh, okay, there you go. Well, we're in a fight now. Yeah. I, guess, I guess the gifted and the technocrats just have to be stronger than the other, other three factions. That's what we're saying. But... To be fair, if I was playing someone else's or I was working on someone else's one, uh, like miniature game, I'd probably have a different answer. Are you, that you would try and be more professional? Yeah, be more professional and no favoritism, even if the gifted are the coolest and they're post-humans. And it's true that you know all of the lesser human beings should be wiped out because the post-humans mm-hmm. are obviously just better. So they, you got to clear the worlds so that the post-humans can clean everything up and make humanity better. But what if they were dark gifted and they dark like gifted are off. fine as long as the important part is that they're gifted. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> They'll lie against this. People. This could definitely be taken out of context, <laughs> but yes. yes. But the elder look cool and dark elder also look cool. All right. So, yeah. So, uh, however, in miniatures games, mm-hmm. even if you try and be super professional and make everything balanced, sometimes you fail. Yeah, and sometimes it looks like the game makers don't care, but you know, yeah, we we care, and we and we notice when things are not. Oh not my god, do we notice as gamers? And you know, like we're, we're dabbling in making games as well. Um, we really notice when things are like out of whack and there's nothing that will piss off a gamer more than their buddy's army getting a unit printed that is totally overpowered yeah and then getting onto the tabletop and playing it and realizing that you were right and it is just overpowered yeah because now you're forced to like redo your whole army just to kind of go up against it which which I think if we're if we want to talk about today about like what actually makes these things overpowered, mm-hmm. I think what that comes down to is that, well, we've talked before about how there's like a rock, paper, scissors element to different like abilities in the games. Yeah. It's a very and, fun uh, way to, to design. Yeah. It's a fun way to create different designs. So if you know your opponent's going to be bringing rock, mm-hmm. basically forced to bring a bunch of paper to counteract it. But the problem is, if your rock is also shaped like scissors. Does everything? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's rock scissors. And then you're like, wait a second. So you're telling me that it destroys scissors, but it also now is able to beat paper? Yeah. Does that mean that you're stuck with just everyone using rock? 
Well, or just if you have a bigger rock, like say there's a bunch of like moderate sized rocks that maybe paper could beat 25% of the time. They're like, oh, okay, it's fair. But then you have this like massive rock and paper just never defeats, paper can never defeat it. It's not just like, it's a miniature game. So there's some rolling going on, but uh, now just this rock, you would need like to roll yeah, six on rolls five over everything. You would never get it. Yeah. So just creating certain units that requires like such a, such a skewed response you can't deal with it any like without going outside of the rock paper scissors mm -hmm. formula that you have to bring the counter to it and if you don't bring the counter to it you're screwed just units like that can often become really op i find yeah so what we want to talk about today mm -hmm. is the basically the life and times of these overpowered units in our games so where does it start off how do we where how do we see it we've talked a little bit but about their introduction uh but how does it impact your uh community your meta how do people deal with it why are these op units constantly coming through uh, and then the life cycle about how the community as well as the uh the game creators uh, mm -hmm. kind of try to deal with it and where it ends up in the end. Yeah. So I think a lot of the time when something comes out on paper, they'll like tell you the stat line for upcoming units just to encourage people to buy them. And people are like, oh yeah, you could totally take five of this thing and destroy everyone. Uh -huh. but, I mean, you haven't tested it on the table and maybe it's like a $50 unit. And just mm -hmm. to test it, you might have to go pay, someone might have to pay $250 and paint all these things. That's Oft often you know, it doesn't actually hit the table right away. So you might see yeah. maybe three of them at once, but no one goes straight for that five level. Yeah. But maybe over the course of time that once you see like, oh, everybody has three of these that, and that just becomes yeah. normalized. There'll be the yeah. people who go out and go all the way to five, but usually day one of crazy stuff dropping, you're not going to see someone go all the way for that, like the max out of the possible skew. Yeah, so basically, that's a little bit of why it's created. One of the reasons is new overpowered minis sell sell minis. Those overpowered uh, rules sell minis, and you can see that a lot with the Games Workshop kind of thing, where they release new uh, units or new sculpts, and they're like, "We have to have a good return on these." I know. Why don't we make them just slightly more powerful, right? Because the worst thing you can do is create these units and then make them underpowered and then even if people like the miniatures then the gamers will not want to get them because they suck right so it's better to err on the powerful side and then if they're overpowered then they could be sold by gangbusters but you're right because we're a hobby game you have to paint you have to there's time with assembly and painting before they truly hit the table so unlike a game like uh, i don't know magic the gathering where something is overpowered people will just you know buy cards and collect four and try them out in decks and if they work they work and then suddenly mm -hmm. everyone is running these new sets like broken shit. but uh for miniature games it's usually a little bit slower and more and and, and more yeah, you have more time to kind of absorb it because unless people are proxying, it takes a long time to paint up the what you call force allocation of that unit. Yeah, because I think that like we've heard seminars done by Corvus Belly and they're like, oh, we designed this thing. We think it could be broken before they put the 15 model cap on things. Like, oh, someone could just bring like 15 of this and then 10 other guys and that might break the game. But they're like, well, 
someone's going to have to do this. And very rarely did people ever actually go out and have the, the nuttiness to just buy and paint 15 of these things. Yeah. So. And there was something cool, right? This is, this is, I guess, the community um, dealing with it, right? So mm-hmm. Infinity technically in third edition did not have a 15 model cap. And, and I guess the base rules technically don't. Uh, it's just the tournament rules now have a 15 model cap or 15 order, no, not order, 15 whatever unit cap. Yep. But in the old game, there was no official unit cap. And so... So there's there's basically more room for min-maxing now because there is no maximum on that. Yeah. That but there is like... There were these Warbands guys where normal guys, like a cheap guy is 10 points. A good guy is 20 points. Uh, and then you had Warband guys who are like super cheap or five points yeah five out of 300 yeah five out of 300 so people are like well normally you would never want to fill your army more than 20 with more than 20 guys because that's just a lot of guys and it ends up slowing the game down but technically you could have a 30 guy list right if you fill them all with warbands and the question was is this warbands list actually good and the answer was yeah it's really fucking good Mm -hmm. but because people were sort of <laughs> reluctant to paint this thing and they knew that no one would play it again. You're like, oh, I played that army of yours once in a fun setting. Like you could bring it to a tournament again and again. But in a fun setting, people were like, oh, I don't feel like playing that again. But you couldn't bring it into a tournament. That's what I'm saying is that the first phase of an OP unit, right, is, mm-hmm. you know, people are, it's a twinkle in people's eyes. And, you know, you know, all the people on the internet are saying, oh, this is going to break the game. And then other people are saying, oh, no, it's fine. Uh, and, uh, and, and oh, it's totally balanced. You know, it's not going to be that crazy. And then people slowly, like you said, start assembling a decent number of these strong units, right? But then the problem is when they, when people have realized it's overpowered, they jump to that step of saying, oh, we're going to take, oh, well, well, if three is good, why not the max allocation, whether that's five or 30? right Mm -hmm. in in this in these these uh unit lists that we're talking about well when you do that though um people react right so so before it's official as in if it's just all on paper people will be like oh that's stupid and broken but it's not real yet right people don't really have to deal with something that they don't actually have to deal with right like if i say oh technically i could i don't know you could build an orc well, army with all like garrots or whatever. Yeah, or or yeah, or well, that's not actually that good. But like, I I could if I say oh I could bring a cheating dice, but no one would be able to tell. That's just a hypothetical until it's real, right? Until people actually deal with it, and then they're like, okay, now that you're using your cheating dice, we think, but we can't prove it, and we don't know. How are we going to deal with it? And the thing that's kind of crazy with the Infinity community is this list kind of hit a couple of times, did really well, and it was so degenerate that the community said, no, you can't play those. Well, there's two things. The people that actually assembled and painted them, which I believe is mostly just Borgian. No one actually painted it up themselves to have this list. Mm -hmm. We're like... I only played it one or two times just to, to see, right? Just to, for, for shits and giggles to see if I was right. And yeah, it was overpowered. Or the community was like, no, fuck that. You can't have 30 guys on the table. This game takes forever too. Yeah, they're like, you, you're slow playing. You're, 
You could, t- yeah. you could though train, like if the people really wanted to, they could train to fast play with it. But on the some problem level, is twofold though, because when you're playing against a 30 man unit, you've never seen it before. And so the opponents also played slow, which made it, even if the person who mm-hmm. had the army could play it fast enough, yep. the opponent ended up slowing down to deal with it. Cause you never see it because it's, it's a degenerate list. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah. And yeah, sure, so yeah, sheer numbers will do that. But on the counter side, like in 40K in recent times, or at least in 8th edition, we saw more Titans on the board. Uh-huh. Which, if they're a broken unit... Well, not Titans, but like Knights, which are like knights. the mini Titans. Yeah, and they came out with an affordable box, though. So unlike the problems where, oh, you've got to buy like to max out, <laughs> you've got to buy tons of $50 boxes. Like oh, two of these come in one like $250 to $250 box. And it's only two models so you could totally just begin min maxing that way i was seeing lots of people do that yeah when it was powerful yep the interesting thing is okay don't get me wrong i think the titan that let's say that the imperial knights are some of the best kits that games workshop has ever introduced mm-hmm. but as a game piece they kind of suck oh, for 40k scale yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Right? No, they, they don't make sense gameplay-wise. Your, your tactical decisions are like, I shoot, I shoot this unit, I'm done. It's like, wow, that was that's yeah. fun. Real game and if play. it's super powerful, are there tactical decisions or it's just is it just you're having fun throwing dice? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. When your community starts interacting with the OP stuff, mm-hmm. they have a, cho- a, a chance to deal with it internally before it goes back to the game maker right yeah so i guess that partially goes to whether it's like considered socially unacceptable to play or if just it seems if the units actually just if they're not going crazy with the army build they're just like taking the fact that maybe you take one or two of them Uh and now it becomes a problem then maybe it just skews the meta like the rock paper scissors way where you're now just forcing everybody else to build certain armies so if you can't bring 30 an entire army of it but you can bring two like a mukhtar in infinity or i don't know what's the what's that like a smash captain or something was in 40k mm-hmm. which was a, a super powered uh, space marine captain who was able to destroy anything even yeah, like an imperial things. knight mm-hmm. in one go and you're like, okay, so this is kind of stupid. Or the loyal 32, because the rules were stupid in Warhammer 8th edition, mm-hmm. Warhammer 40,000 8th edition. So you you get more points for bringing more guys as long as they're part of different units. So everyone just brought like 32 guardsmen to get like an extra five points or something stupid like that. Yeah, well, in War Machine, it was just people bringing the same warcasters over and over because clearly they became yeah. the best out of them all. Like, and that could have been dealt with by if you're playing an opponent in the tournament scene, they could have just like banned certain warcasters and been like, be more creative, you jerks. Like, play this game an interesting way, not just play the same thing over and over. These warcasters who are the like the top tier mm-hmm. for the tournament, just cut them out to make the tournament more fun. So there is the question of how how overpowered are they? Are they overpowered enough to give you an edge? They're just in the top one percent of units by far, and maybe they give you a five percent edge. Or are they like a warcaster in War Machine where certain casters were so broken that they had good matchups and like like they had no real bad matchups, but their positive matchups were like 60 or 70%. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just, just from them, right? Yeah. And we're talking about the rock, paper, scissors. They're, they're actually just a rock, a paper, They're Spock or gun or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what happens there? Right. So there's, there's this line that you straddle where if it's, if your community can accept it, even though it's obviously overpowered, mm-hmm. then it can survive for a very long time. Right. However, there can be units that are so overpowered, they're like too overpowered for their own good, right? If something is clearly head and shoulders above everything else, Mm -hmm. there's no reason to take anything else, then that becomes a problem. And even though it's way more overpowered, well, it'll get nerfed faster, right? And so I think the next thing we're going to talk, we should talk about is getting hit by so it gets dealt by the community or it gets hit by the nerf bat Mm -hmm. so so i guess that really depends on how active the game maker is because some game makers see themselves as only like releasing products mm -hmm. so okay maybe they release an edition every three years and they're like no we we don't edit throughout the middle of this we just sell products this isn't like part of our this isn't part of our business And they they just stay out of it. So at that point, I think then the communities are forced to do something, just knowing that like those gamers, those game makers never put out FAQs, they never put out like points revisions, they never do any of that. Like if the game maker does do that frequently, you're like, oh no, we shouldn't meddle with what they're clearly taking care of. Yeah. But if you're quite clear, like with Games Workshop, that they never change anything else through a cycle until no, they, they release do, the product. They're slower. And technically, they're a lot better than they used to be. But yeah, they become better, but previously if they didn't put out erratas and things like that on like even an annual basis it can be like a faction is just overpowered for an entire edition it's like five years or Or if they don't put out codexes every edition it's like oh this could be usually it was just useless if first yeah uh, yeah i guess we could we we could talk about like what do you call it underpowered units but i I, let's leave that for another day let's stick to like the overpowered units so i agree like if you're if the game maker is slow, then it goes back to the community, right? And the community, the first thing, you know, oftentimes they're in denial and or they're just raging, and then they have some sort of acceptance where people are like, okay, it's overpowered. And then the next phase is how, what are you going to do about it? And if the game maker doesn't do something about it, eventually the gamers will take things into their own hands. And often before that, they will, like you were saying before, ostracize that type of play or that type of unit right like in war war machine you're like well you shouldn't always be taking whatever these overpowered guys are like haley or something like that and it's frowned upon if you just every single time you bring it right or or like you said in infinity where that like 30 morlocks or whatever kind of uh list Mm -hmm. uh that's like that the 30 unit yes 30 unit warband list just people were shamed out of using it right? Mm-hmm. Also, there's the barrier of the price, which is always an issue, right? Um, but if that's not enough and people still want to push it through, let's say it's a very competitive game, then it's up to the community to soft ban things, right? Mm-hmm. Or inter intervene. Like, for example, um, this is actually one of our beginnings of working harder and making miniature games, right? And this is what part of our journey of when we 
when we started, what we were doing was tweaking other games. Do you remember um, Drop Fleet Commander? Was yep. I guess it's not necessarily overpowered, but the the game just wasn't working as we wanted. And so we created a new campaign system with tweaks of some major drop rules just to make the game play the way oh. that we would want it to play. Yeah, and a lot of the community was doing that too. Yeah, and a lot of the versions ways. stuck. Uh, we, like their version, we didn't think was that good. And clearly most people didn't think the community version was that good because it didn't actually save the game. Uh, so yeah. It but, was better, but it, wasn't, it just wasn't yeah. enough to sort yeah. of bring... Bring so it the back. question is, yeah, the community. This is another issue. If the overpowered unit is so is there for so long, or the it can it can dampen enthusiasm for the game. Yeah, and especially in small faction games, with Drop Fleet Commander as an example, there were the four starting factions. Yeah, which until very for years and years until very recently, and like some of the core mechanics of one of the factions, like some of the core units that was necessary just to play the game mm-hmm. were clearly above and beyond, like basically some of the units used to score points, which you're forced to take these units to score the points. Yeah. But some of them were just clearly better than the ones on the other factions and it, yeah. it broke the game. And you can't be like, oh, you painted one out of the four armies. That whole army is no good. You can't just... Yeah. You can't just socially shame that person away. It's like, no, you built this amazing How army. How dare you choose one of the four armies? That yeah. one, don't you know? Everyone says that army is bad. Oh, you're going to use the units you need to play the game? Don't you know those are overpowered? Yeah, even though there's also 200 dots on each one of those ships, and you paint <laughs> all those dots with multiple highlights. But no, you must be a power gamer. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're bringing what the game tells you to bring. Uh-huh. So the only solution then with the was for the uh for the gamers to kind of try to step in and fix this and eventually you know drought fleet what is it called hawk war games did end up eroding it but was like it was too little too late yeah they adopted one of the community alterations but it wasn't it wasn't enough yeah and mm-hmm. and so that game technically the game had a lot of other problems too but the balance of the game and the fact that there was issues with their mission set did, and, and and they were slow to kind of move on that definitely didn't help and so i guess the way we're talking about this is like the op units are almost like a like an insidious kind of malignant cancer that if you don't deal with it at some point uh it will hurt your game possibly irreparably but how about the other side, the side of the uh, people that are playing with the overpowered unit? Is there any benefits, at least for those people, about the joy that they feel? Well, you know, part of the gaming is like proving you're good at the game, which you're trying to build good lists. Uh-huh. So, I mean, sometimes it's cool to build theme lists, but you don't uh-huh. want to just handicap yourself by taking like things that are clearly like mediocre or don't work together. Uh-huh. I think one of the things that makes something OP is like all the combo factors that go on inside of like certain games are more based around delivering combos. Like War Machine's highly based around combos. Mm-hmm. Back Over to card, like, card games are like almost purely comboing. The older versions of 40k had a lot of auras that are you're trying to stack these hero auras onto the same guy onto the same unit, so the unit is just overpowered. Yep. Yes, you're not paying that many points for it, but just by the synergies that go on within the army. 
that that unit becomes really good. So yeah. like certain armies, if you have like say a high armory, high armor army, like uh-huh. maybe Kator and War Machine, and you have something that's not very expensive, but it can buff armor on an entire unit that already has pretty high armor, you're like, oh, oh yeah, this is this is really a clear clear synergy that works in this army. And if they don't like consider those, they don't consider that properly. You're like, well, I'm just building a good comboed army, but in reality like those two units considered as one joined object. Cause at some point taking those two things together just becomes obvious because of the combo factor. Yep. It's like, Oh, you're just taking an OP thing, not a unit, but like them together as an entity just becomes this overpowered thing that just keeps being repeated. It's like, well, I'm just building the good list. Mm-hmm. So, so what you're saying is that even though a, an OP unit might be the smallest factor, or maybe not even the smallest factor is like an overpowered rule, right? But like an OP unit is the lowest level that you can take it. But actually, there could be overpowered. They just feed into overpowered uh, combos, right? Or overpowered groups of units and eventually overpowered armies. And that's really like the actual game level is what matters, right? So if all these feed into making one army overpowered, that's the problem. Not necessarily just one unit. Yeah, basically. Internally becomes- and and like internally, like unit versus other units in the same faction, because you know mm-hmm. we've talked about overpowered units crowding out uh, the other units for the faction, thereby limiting the actual uh, options you can have for building your your army. Yeah, because that's or- that's the most obvious version of it. Because you 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 see it really clearly. Like abilities could be spanned across multiple units, and even if they're undercosted, they're kind of like, well, it's not it's not evident at one point. Or if you take things in conjunction, it's like, oh, well, it's not just this thing that's overpowered, but when you have when it exists on one unit, it just becomes really obvious to see. But like all the other forms at different levels, the smaller level and the larger level, like of having undercosted abilities or just undercosted combos, you don't see those as clearly. It's just the units get the most focus because they're so evident. Yeah. Because you're true, that's the level where you're choosing to put it into your army list or not, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah and so the people that play with these overpowered units they can sometimes feel a little bit you know usually you know if, if you just accidentally chose it it's one thing but a lot of people who flock to these overpowered units to win do you feel like it robs them of their ability their bragging rights you could say about saying yeah i'm good but are you really good if all you did was take the most overpowered units in the game uh, usually those people just respond that, oh, you could take it too. That's true. And yeah, the reason why I'm better at this game is because I'm willing to make the hard decision just to spam out this overpowered unit and run 30 of the same thing. Whereas you want your army to look cool. I don't even paint my army. What's the big deal? Okay. Well, sometimes you only need five because five, five can destroy the whole army. So you might as well just like <laughs> use something That's else. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So... I think even for the people that play it in in some ways, it makes things negative for them. But if you're talking about just slight overpoweredness, do you think there's some sort of benefit about having these uh, units that are not necessarily like winning you the game, but giving you a few percentage advantage over someone who has the same skill level as you? If they have ugly models, no. I, I'm telling you, that's the line almost. Yeah. <laughs> cool looking Overpowered units are the ones that look the best because how you should rate them is how cool they look. 
you know, like if I need a melee unit and there's two that are like similar in power level, you're like, I want the, I want the cool one. I don't, I don't yeah. care. Or if it, one is weaker, but the other one is cool looking, got to go with the coolness. Yep. All right. So, so we, we, we talked a little bit about, um, people who are playing it and using it do you feel like how do the other players who are experiencing this overpowered unit from mm-hmm. another player how how in general do they react so i think i think basically how i react is i'm forced to build my armies differently i'm like oh, okay this is just now how the meta works mm-hmm. i'm now forced to like take in that rock paper scissors equation if they're they keep bringing that giant rock uh-huh. i better bring like a really good version of paper so i'm just forced to alter the army lists to be able to like have some hope of not just yeah. being overrun by these better units so the overpowered units can even though they're good can kind of like uh make um like like uh, solidify and, and make stale uh the meta right because Oftentimes, if if one unit is so much more powerful than the, all the others, they kind of remove those as as real choices if you want to have a, a decent chance at winning. And mm-hmm. so it can often these overpowered units can shrink the actual available units from a faction of let's say twelve units to like five or something like that, right? And that is like overpowered units can basically delete other units from the game. Yeah, especially when they have overlapping roles. Say so you have like a shooting unit that's hard to hit and then like if the game's gotten to a big state maybe you have three of those different like units with a couple guys in them maybe like five to ten guys and they're all hard to hit like well this one's clearly the best these other ones don't matter anymore and if they all look like fairly similar or they all look kind of cool then only one of them really exists in the game now yeah so it's so what you're saying is it could be a way to cut down on the skews (laughs) Well, as long as they keep doing That's power creep, yeah, they, they yeah. can just cut out the old units that way and keep selling new things. I'm not totally against that, honestly, now that I've seen what happens when you don't cut out product lines. Uh-huh. When you don't trim them down. Yeah, and maybe once they hit a new addition, they kind of rebalance points. Uh-huh. Just to sort of stop the inflation of the numbers. Mm-hmm. But Okay. Or, def- or it might be deflation because the points are too low now. Anyway. So what so let's say there's the, all this stuff happens you know people get upset it might even start killing the game um and then the game creator steps in and hits it with the nerf bat what is the life cycle of the overpowered unit from then oh how long After is getting it smacked with the nerf bat oh how long does it take till people just give up on it yeah or how do they react uh, is, is it okay is it whatever or Usually I find they react by just those, the people who like the skew react by trying to just build the next version. Like, okay, what's, what's the next step? Okay. I don't have top tier, like OPness. Like, okay, what's, I don't have my A plus unit. Where can I find like an A minus? Or yeah. Or another A plus that I just didn't notice because the other one was A pluser. It was A plus plus. Where's my, where's my A plus. They'll just go looking for it. Yeah. They usually Which can drive them. sales. So what you're saying is it's often good, right? That they usually only get upset. The people who I find get upset are the ones who bought like the 30 of the thing that was super good. Like once they've <laughs> gone, 
they just gone fully into that. They're like, this is this is who no I am now. I'm the one who actually bought all 30 of 30 boxes of this thing. And built at the same time, crazy you get list. what you deserve. <laughs> or I don't know, you get what you deserve. You reap what you sow. Yes. Because you don't always get what you deserve. No. But if you've re- reaped it, you will probably get at least that as well as some other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So those are the so, people I find get really upset by when things get nerfed. Is when so so you're saying in general it's probably good to nerf bad things. Yeah, because ninety five percent of the people are happy with it. Because well, maybe even more, because it's just that minority who are vocal that try and build yeah. that build the crazy thing out of it and base their whole gameplay around it. And the other portion of the people are just like, oh, that's really annoying. And when they get rid of this problem, like over ninety five percent of the people are happy. So. Yeah. So nerf bad away and nerf more frequently is, is, is the kind of thought about that. Um, but then is there a problem? Let's say oftentimes when they nerf things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they do too little or sometimes they do too much. Do you think that there's like, for example, they might nerf it too little and it still ends up being super powerful, right? Uh-huh. Or they might nerf it too much and then suddenly it becomes dead unit. Well, I think as the game maker, you'd want to skew towards too little just to keep people buying the thing. Because usually if it's new and broken, uh-huh. then you want people to be buying it because otherwise you made this whole product and all everything around it and now it's not selling. Yeah. So it's, from their perspective, I can see them taking like the small steps rather than just like the giant hammer that the community might want. Yeah, and then it also disrupts a whole bunch of other things. For example, if you have printed assets with the stats or rules, mm-hmm. then it becomes an issue because it'll become out of date if you've nerfed it. Yeah, and the more often they release errata like that, the more it, it does annoy the casual players because mm-hmm. they've got to keep up with this constantly changing. Like if they only play once every two months, literally yeah. the game keep changing every time they play. Yep. And they are not even good enough to really feel the impact of this overpowered unit necessarily in their communities. They're like, I hardly play the game. I don't even see how it's overpowered. No one I play with feels like has figured it out. So why do I have to look up all these different rules everywhere to kind of paste together my own rule book? Yeah, but the one game I can think of that had that slight problem was was Infinity in the the era of where the game rules were based around a forum. And the forum forum rulings would change how the game plays on like a monthly <laughs> basis. Uh-huh. And it, on a level that was amusing, but then on a new player level who wasn't playing every week, I can see it being extremely painful because you're yeah, and frustrating. It's now like away. it's now like a case law thing where you have to become some sort of <laughs> rules lawyer looking up previous cases. Yes, on a non set precedent. Yeah, you can't even look in in like the laws themselves. It's like, no, that's not even good enough. You need to know. Hmm. Like a history it's very very annoying if that happens okay so are there any good example okay of of, of that happening that you can think about so i, I gave infinity in like the early early m3 mm-hmm. when when forum rules were going on that's true other games that had them too often yeah i think maybe too often might be games workshop 40k in the eighth edition where they came out with the indexes uh-huh. but then rapidly basically made them irrelevant but that wasn't necessarily eradicating it's just new product uh, yeah that's just trying to sell extra rules and that was selling more books. stuff they did it yeah it worked <sighs> yeah that's fun it's fun for them <laughs> whatever they're 
They're 40K players. They, they should know what they signed up for. Okay. And so because they were so painful, if it got nerfed too much, though, oftentimes the majority of gamers are going to be like, eh, it kind of deserved it. Mm-hmm. So I guess 40K, unlike a lot of other games, relies on codexes to create the army rules. Uh-huh. So do you, do you ever find that people were actually like bothered by the fact that the game would change around? when a new codex would come out or did people more just enjoy other factions getting codexes to change what they were playing against? Cause that effectively is faction, meta changing for sure. Pardon? Your own faction is what, what's. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, you like your own faction getting stuff, but like you have one faction out of the, the like nine codexes or uh-huh. more that would be out there. So the game would constantly be in a state of flux by new codexes coming out. Yeah. You think that's a positive for creating these new OP things? on a regular basis and basically new rules all the time? No. Nope. Okay. Didn't think so. Uh, I think in terms of selling things that we already said, right? You can you can increase the selling factor by making them overpowered so everyone rushes out to buy them. Mm-hmm. But I think overall for the health of, of the community, I don't know if that's actually good. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, you're chasing a lot of people away. A lot of people get frustrated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these things going on along with that, right? So... Mm-hmm. yeah so maybe oh. the maybe the method of like updating everyone a little bit at once is better it's more in akin to what privateer press was doing with war machine back when they would put out a book that had maybe like two units for each faction and kind of like what infinity does when they were doing the oh pardon the book releases yeah they were doing like they did the three book releases and they kind of gave a couple things every single time, or yeah. they just combined some things into a faction. Yeah, everybody was a bit more happy when everybody got something at once rather than yeah. just attacking one thing all at once. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so then, what happens when a unit gets hit? perfectly then or semi-perfectly and it's called hit by a nerf bat where they're slightly usable but they're not really overpowered or so overpowered that they win the game for you do you feel like (laughs) what do you think about that uh period and then how common do you think it is getting it dead right is so infrequent you don't have to get it dead right but like right enough that people are no longer saying oh this is i hate this and it's breaking the game and making me want to stop playing oh i've had that happen i think in fed he's done i've noticed it once for something i started skewing towards mm-hmm. which was basically in the hack slam faction in infinity you have doctors uh-huh. that are often quite cheap uh-huh. so i ended up finding one doctor unit that i just started building more and more of and then they just changed it by two points out of the, the 300 point army. And I'm like, oh, I should stop doing that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't feel bad. I was starting to do more and more of these things. Mm. But I'm like, okay, I'll go back to taking one. Because you start taking one, you're like, oh, this always performs. Mm. And you start taking more and more. Mm. And then eventually you're like, oh, I should go back to what looks normal. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. You don't usually try and skew more and more towards power lists, do you? So this doesn't. I never skew towards power lists. I almost always just like choose. Like I said, <laughs> the one that I like, think looks cool, or I need to be a super special snowflake and need to take something that nobody else takes it. So it's the mostly mine. 
So what sort of stops me is I need, I'm like, oh, I can't have one unit that looks the same over and over on the board. That doesn't uh, make of sense. Yeah. I've got to convert all these guys. Like, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, work. What are they, a Korean pop band? You can't all dance the same or look the same when you're moving around. Yeah, they can't just have like different colors swapped out. No, yeah. can't just change their hair color a little. Yeah. So, um, so you're saying it's very rare, but if it does happen, mm-hmm. drinks for everyone is just good. And then the attention dies down and everyone gets a little bit, feels a little bit better and moves on. Most people, yeah. And just, I guess technically you're also saying that most people in general, even if it's overpowered, still find a way to move on. Yeah, it gives them the opportunity to be just creative, to have some new form of creative destruction. I'm fair. All right. Um, so that it feels like, you know, we've gone from, you know, the, the, the overpowered unit, how it affects your community when it enters, how people deal with it, how they often resolve the issue when after the nerf bat, when it gets a little bit uh, weaker. And then at the very end, how we kind of de- deal with it and how, how generally we feel like people think about it at the end. Um, do you feel like, you know, people create overpowered units for for more um, difference than just kind of fun, like have, having different different uh, units, right? And they sometimes go overboard. Do you think the benefits of occasionally releasing these overpowered units is worth the uh, costs? No, I think or, they just. Yeah. I, don't, I think I think they usually intend them to be like slightly better. Uh-huh. They don't always necessarily consider some of those like the synergies that could go on. Mm-hmm. They would have required more play testing. I think that's usually where the screw up comes from is just the lack of play testing, and they don't realize how it might interact with some of the other things in the game. Yeah. So, so you think that in general, games could always do with a little bit more play testing, so they kind of catch more of these, or at least if they have some of these issues, they're a little bit smaller than they they end up being printed as. Yeah, and I think the player base, like there's communities out there willing to do lots of the play testing for the mm-hmm. for the game makers and they yeah, shouldn't be afraid it. of like oh it's going to spoil everything you're just like okay if you start leaking stuff we'll just find somebody else to do this yeah and the game they'll either go along with not leaking everything or they won't so because mm. so, so i can think of malifo where malifo was having like everyone play test things for their new edition uh-huh. and that kind of screwed up anyone wanting to play the the actual the edition actual game so it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to send it out to everybody because not everybody's going to have good feedback either. You're just going to get a yeah. lot of noise back from the community. That's true. So the initial playtesting, I think, is just find people whose opinion you can rely on and get okay. them in on it. That's a good point. How do, you, how do you know if your overpowered unit is actually overpowered or if it's just you know your emotional reaction to either the rules or the actual gameplay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you do have to aggregate a lot of data in general before you can make a definitive decision in general. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's basically it. Um, I guess we want to finish off on saying your most and least favorite uh, overpowered unit over the years. Oh, what I hate. Yeah, one you hated and one you actually kind of liked. Sure. All right, I'll start off. Sure. So, honestly, I think War Machine easily wins for the most hated unit because there was enough hated units to make us stop <laughs> playing the game. Okay. And, and I would okay. declare Haley 3 in that to be at the height of the Haley hated. Haley 2. Just, 
Haley two. Okay, that's right. Haley three was three. Haley people. three was yeah the three people one. Yeah. Yes. Haley two was terrible. Yeah. Because you wouldn't even get to move, and you're like, oh wow, this this couldn't be less <laughs> you're fun. Not even really playing Her abilities the game. make me yeah. not get to play the game. Yeah. That's yeah, and. Terrible. And people who played her would win because they was overpowered. And for some reason, the people that played her were like tried so hard to win and didn't understand the idea of keeping her community happy and stuff like that mm-hmm. and, and toning things down. Yeah. So that ended up killing the game. That's fair. Yep. And, and my favorite broken unit that I liked, obviously, it's got to be something I use, uh, would be the Gazi Mudawia in the. Assassins in Infinity. Uh, definitely overpowered. They basically have their five points out of the three hundred points in your army. They uh, had like seven different abilities. Yeah. If they died, you didn't really care. You could take lots of them, and yeah. they could just go sometimes ramble and kill a lot of your opponent's army. Just this five yeah. point thing. But you know, yeah. they were they were slightly vulnerable to a few things. But for the most yeah. part, you didn't care if you lost them. But they're so cool, and they were also cool looking as well. They're cool looking too. Right, that's that's uh, good choices. Uh, for me, um, I don't even know if this this unit was overpowered, but it sure felt that way. But I'm gonna say back in was it third edition, the Eldar Falcon for one hundred forty thousand. If you put on the right upgrades to it, it was like damn near invincible. Well, yeah, I seem to remember that like missile launchers were the proper response to it. But you could never get enough missile launchers to take them all out. So there was just no real response. Yeah. yeah. And there it just took so many hits to kill it because it had this like, I think it was like when you're rolling on your damage table. So you still have to damage it, which is, you know, just with certain units is it's easier or, or, or harder. Mm-hmm. But then you had to like roll like a one or a two that had a one in 12 chance. Whereas a lot of other things had a one in one in three chance of blowing up this had a one in 12 chance of blowing up when you got to that stage and it was just so effective and survivable that way it was it felt super good but you know what it did make me feel like a good player when i played them uh-huh. i don't know if it was overpowered because we you know we were a lot younger then but it sure felt that way in our meta mm-hmm. our tiny meta uh, and then the one that i hated the most is <laughs> Link teams in Infinity. I don't know if that counts. I guess that maybe that doesn't count. That's I just got to throw my obligatory Link team stuff. It's not even a unit. No. All right. All right. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna remove that then. Ah, shoot. Not, not second edition 40k where you just have like four saves on every unit that didn't bother you. No, because I also had four saves. So yeah, everyone had it. it. Everybody had that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you had that. One you enjoyed. What didn't you enjoy playing against? I haven't enjoyed. Well, I didn't really like the mutts. Not the mutts. Sorry, the Muktar in Hack His Lamb. I don't know if, if it was the most powerful unit, but it was definitely in the end of third edition of Infinity was one of the most powerful units mm-hmm. in the game because it was so points efficient. It was basically using the points of fourth edition, which where everything got a point decrease, but in third edition. So it was kind of ridiculous uh and what i hated about it it's not necessarily that it like won a whole bunch of game a bunch of games but it did crowd out a lot of units other units in hack because it was so good and so people were like oh, why would you run other units besides this unit this unit is stupid broken yeah because hack has a lot of good like middle point range units 
Yeah. And it was a middle point range unit, but clearly head and shoulders above all the rest of them. Yeah. And so now it's not nearly as good because, you know, there's been a points rebalancing and a rules changes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and just, but, it would, it would rely on the combo of you drop smoke and then shoot through the smoke. Yeah. But now that you have a lower points cap on units, you're not going to have, not, it didn't just need, didn't use that. It was just overall a good gunfighter yeah. and fast, mm-hmm. but yeah. That's kind of how it would start off its attack. Yeah, that that unit really annoyed me for a while. Mm-hmm. So to because there's no there's no proper counter to it. Yeah, there's no proper counter to it, and it felt like oh, I should if I want to you know increase my chances of winning, should I just be taking this overpowered unit? And it just made me felt bad. Luckily, there the actual miniature for it was not even that good. So I was that's like, even oh, that, worse because now that's even worse. Yeah. Because if it had a bad miniature, it would have bad miniatures like brought to the table all the time. But it wasn't well. Luckily, fourth edition happened, and it's no longer overpowered, relatively speaking. So, mm-hmm. right with the points balancing, so that worked out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so those are my two. Those are your two. I guess uh, any other thoughts, or we're gonna call it. No, I think we went through a lot of the range of ways things break. All right. Uh, if you have any ideas or you have a favorite or least favorite overpowered unit, you want to just like vent and tell us, or if you want to tell us that we're wrong uh, or right, we'd love to hear it. Uh, you can contact us uh, via email at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah. Or find us on Facebook where dice over everything, or let us know what you're up to at dice over everything group. And that's it. Uh, this has been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. Bye.